Welcome to today's Conduit Leadership Series. My name is Jerry Bierman. I'm on with my good buddy, Rick Meyer, on this beautiful Wednesday morning. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Jerry. So the, uh, the topic today, Rick, that we're going to unpack for a few minutes is narratives that one tells themselves. And mm. there's productive narratives and there's destructive narratives. So as you are mm. coaching young leaders... Um, you have an opportunity to speak to a bunch of young leaders and even some old leaders like me. When, when, um, when the idea was presented to you to discuss productive versus destructive, what are some things that jumped into your mind, Rick? What jumped into my mind is yesterday morning about this time, I was having the same conversation with a young leader and walking through he asked me the question, what two things do you, do you see in me that I could grow in? And one of those things was um, this idea of changing the narrative. So instead of blaming your past and other people and your problems on your current circumstances and outlook, mm -hmm. instead of that, changing that narrative to what you can do and what you can be empowered to do. Mm -hmm. And so I think this plays out in so many different ways. And uh, for some people, they, um, they have, whether it's a victim mentality or, um, you know, they're uh, maybe they have ADHD or depression or whatever it is. And, and, and those things are all real, right? Our past and our problems uh, those are real. The way people hurt us are real. And those are things that we need to walk through um, and grow through, but that's not where we should stay. Mm. Just like if you get cut or you have a, a wound, you don't just let it open and let it fester and, and get infected. You, you nurture it, you care for it, you clean it out, you make sure it's, it's good to go. And then you, and then you let it heal. And so um, I think it's really important to first identify what that potential destructive narrative is because I, it's for so many of us, I think it's subconscious. It's, it's not even something that we know we have or are doing. And it's more of, it's more of only seen by our behavior, right? So I think our behavior reveals our beliefs. So once we've and our words. And even, even as this young man was leaving my house yesterday morning, he said, essentially said, you know, this day is going to kick my ass. And I said, well, what if you kick this day's ass, right? What if, what if you change that narrative and, and you were in the position of power and, and, and wanting to, um, to move forward and push through as opposed to being pushed around by the things that are going on in your life. Mm -hmm. That's good, Rick. You know, it's interesting. Everybody, Everybody listening to this discussion um, has already formed uh, narratives that they pull from, you said subconsciously, which I totally agree with. And so whether you're 18 and you're listening to this or you're 54, you already have a go-to narrative, right? When, when, mm -hmm. Whenever something happens, you've got a go-to story that you start to tell yourself. And I, I, think, yep. one, I think the first thing that I'm uh, thinking about this morning is the importance for you to audit those narratives. Like 
you know, what, what narratives have you developed over the years um, and to audit those? Like when, you know, you're driving to work and it's late and somebody pulls in front of you and you get pissed, what narrative is going on? When your boss tells you that you're, you're going to have this job and you need to do these things and then uh, right before you're supposed to leave the shop, he changes and you get pissed what narrative like you know the the idea rick that um to audit your um, audit your emotions in the corresponding stories is really i mean that's i mean it's really it's really important and it's not something as a society we do much i i agree and that's where you have to begin because if you don't understand the narrative the story that you're playing in your head then you, there's no there's no way to move beyond that. And, and, and people might not be, they, they might not be aware of the way they're feeling or why they're feeling that way until they, until they discover that and listen to that. Yeah, that's good. I, I don't know where I read this or heard this years ago, Rick, but I, 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 I was reading or listening to a podcast and it was talking about like really good actors and actresses like that when they have a scene, when they have a scene in the, in the movie or whatever, in the episode where they need to be really sad. Um, I was reading how they think of like stories in their past that were really weighty, really heavy, really sad. And by focusing on those stories, they could literally force themselves to cry by focusing mm. on the narrative. And I found that so powerful that if you can pull, like if you, <laughs> Not that we want to do this today, Rick, but, you know, if you said, hey, I want to get really depressed right now, just start focusing on some really bad things, uh, some, pain, mm -hmm. some pain that you've experienced, um, some, some problems that you just couldn't, couldn't find a way out of. And, and even as I'm talking, you, you can start to feel that oppression, that weight. And then conversely, in your case, think about the anticipation. If I told you, hey, we've got your work covered for the next week, Rick, and you and Faye and the boys, actually, we're going to fly you and Faye out a week ahead of time from the boys to, to the Northwest. We're going to fly you to Oregon for just you and Faye to have a, a, a week to yourself, and then we're going to fly the boys out for the second week. And here's a list of itinerary of things that you're going to be doing. And even as I'm talking to you right now, you can start to visualize Mount Hood and the Columbia River. Oh, I'm getting excited already. <laughs> and Cannon Beach and all the great restaurants you love. And you can start to get yourself into this like euphoria of optimism. And so obviously, yeah. obviously, if you can do that with those type of extremes, what narrative are you telling yourself on your drive to work? your point to your buddy is at your house what what are you telling yourself uh it's going to be a terrible day oh it's it's what 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 problem are we going to be faced with today and those narratives have such an influence um you know on on your day and on your week and on your year and on your career yeah. 
I agree, Jerry. I think that's I think that's so important to realize um, to realize and even to take it a step further into other relationships other than your own narrative is what is the narrative you tell yourself about those you're in relationship with, right? So what's the narrative I tell myself about my spouse? Yep. You know, she's always this way, right? So before she can open her mouth, I'm, I'm placing upon her uh, an attitude. And once anything she does, or even things that, it, that don't even allow that attitude, I, I make them align with that attitude because I see what I'm looking for. Yeah. And if I'm looking for a, a certain behavior, um, certain things that I know that she do, that I think she does because she just wants to drive me nuts, well, I'm going to see those things and I'm going to focus on those things as opposed to, and I've I've literally tried this of, and I and I do this of of complimenting her on things that she does and her beauty, and I literally find myself being more attracted to her as I've done that over over hours and over days. Oh, and yeah. so it's it's yeah. scary and empowering to consider the influence, as you said, that we have over how we feel and how we feel towards others. Good. Good. That's good. I went to that. Uh, I've, I've done that transformational leadership uh, workshop many times and had our staff go through it. And they teach something uh, that they call TFA. Yeah, TFA is thoughts feelings and corresponding actions that your thoughts control your feelings and your feelings control your action and a lot of times in business we're looking we're looking at how people act right so as a leader as a leader you're evaluating other people in your charge you're evaluating other people around you and you're aware of their action what we're not aware about, what we're not aware of, sorry, is what are they thinking? Like, if we could, if we could get further upstream with people and say, hey, hang on a second, I just saw you act this way, right? And that action is going to be very destructive to you financially, right? Your job, like I could fire you, um, you want a promotion into this role, but I'm watching your actions and your actions don't, uh, don't uh, correlate to you having success in that future position, right? And so if we could help people re-engineer that back to, hang on a second, what just happened there? Like, what it, and most of us, we don't have time to do this as leaders, right? Some, maybe, maybe you do with your boys, your, your sons, but as leaders, we don't have a lot of time to as we're as we're GSDing right throughout our day, we're getting stuff done. We don't have a lot of time to say, "Hang on a second, what did you just tell yourself?" And you know, what? Did, how did you feel when you told yourself that? Yeah. And then see the corresponding action. Yeah, it's almost like a uh, a mental mind trick that you have to do to help really understand and, and observe where you are and what you're feeling, you know? And, and the beautiful thing about being human as opposed to an animal is that we have that ability to step outside of ourselves and observe our thoughts and behavior. Yeah. 
So I think it's really important to do so. Yeah, yeah Rick, and, and again, as a 54-year-old man, I struggle with self-discipline in lots of areas, right? You and I are going to meet mm-hmm. for you and I are going to meet for breakfast today and I'm going to look at the, the menu and I'm going to watch what Kelly Hyber eats. And then I'm going to be like, Frick, mm-hmm. I want that. And sometimes yeah. I, sometimes I don't have the self-discipline to eat oatmeal for breakfast. And sometimes I don't. And, and so I think giving yourself like, you know, for the, for the listeners, like give yourself a break. Like this is hard. This is not, this is not something as you and I are talking about for 15 minutes, I think we can make it sound pretty easy. Well, Jerry, you just focus on the positive and you just tell yourself positive narratives. And if it was easy, I would have fixed my belief system years and years ago, Rick. So I think for, yep. leaders, for leaders to say, hey, give yourself a break and evaluate, evaluate and or audit yourself periodically and try to figure out what, why do you act that way? I asked my wife the other day, we'll never do this by the way. As a matter of fact, you know, a good, a good reminder for everybody is that I'll tell you a bunch of things not to do. Like, don't, uh, don't do this. I asked my wife the other day at dinner, two nights ago, I said, what, is, what are some things that you learned about me after we were married that you didn't know before we were uh, and um, and she said how angry you get because she never oh. saw my, she didn't see my temper when we were um, when we were dating and um, I I think I've curtailed it over the years but you know anger when you get really I you know I used to get really pissed and when you audit your anger and you you take a right? Get away from it for a while and, and then audit yourself and say, why did I get so angry? And you re-engineer back to the original thoughts. It is really enlightening, Rick. It is really yes. enlightening. It is a little scary. In my case, very scary. Yes. So my, my I guess my, my final comment here would be the encouragement would be that you just consider your your uh, go-to narratives, and and consider starting to work on changing those narratives, um, and see if the the action right thoughts, feelings, action. See if the action corresponding action starts to, to change the dial. And I think you may have mentioned this earlier with the guy that was at your house. Is ask for help. Ask for help in these areas. Yeah. That's good. That's, any, any final? That's really good. I, I just think of this. Something you've taught me, Jerry, is this API and assuming positive intent when I think about the narratives we tell us ourselves about other people. Mm-hmm. I think it's really important to, you know, if we all walked around, especially in today's climate, if we all walked around assuming people's intent and their, their actions were intended to be positive, how different we would we would behave and and how happier we would be as a human race because let's face it if you're walking around thinking everybody's after you and and you're telling yourself this sad story about you know your past and, and your people and, and and all the pain in your own life and it, it's just you're gonna you're gonna be walking around in a dark cloud so trying yeah. to realize that we have control 
of our thoughts to some degree and trying to rein those in and, and, uh, and assume the positivity in yourself and other people and, and, and change that narrative. Well said. Well said. It's hard. It's hard, but it's worth it is hard. Worth leaning into. Yeah, well, it changes everything. It's nothing it. nothing uh, good came easy, Jerry, did it? No, sir. All right. Until next time, my friend, thank you.